0: What's up, guys? Welcome into the Modern Christian Dudes podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. I'm here all by my lonesome here today. It's uh, one of those weeks, you know, we've got different things going on, so we couldn't get all the boys together, but we do need to get the news out to you. We need to connect with you guys, so we want to make sure that we do that. So it's just your boy, Jeremiah Johnson, the OG, the original Modern Christian Formerly Dad now dudes that's uh so if you're have you guys got with the change yet we were the modern christian dads now we're the modern christian dudes because we changed the name in honor of Juan Kelly Stevens aka Lekley Sheppens but we are dudes talking new sports and god that's what we do each in Every week we try to encourage and entertain all the men all across the world, all across the land. Try to get you pumped up for Jesus because that's what we're about. We're modern Christian dudes that really, really love Jesus. So, hey, it is Super Bowl week. Oh, and we will talk about that. uh, Picks what's the current pick we haven't made well this would be actually um, whether we squeeze in one more Super Bowl special or not so uh, this is a preliminary final pick today probably if you will and I haven't really got into it I noticed that uh, as I watch ESPN.com and some other sports uh, related sites that I tend to follow uh, that there isn't it doesn't feel as super bullish this week quite yet because i think it's because the the fans and all those kind of things. So anyway, there you go. Shout out to Greg Craywick, modern Christian dude, and uh to Greg Walden, the uh, Funko Pop great. He's probably buying Funko Pops right now. Actually, it is really completely my fault what happened yesterday is i've i've been just mentally not there this week. Uh for reasons, I guess. But anyway, just one of those weeks where I'm like, man, I'm so exhausted mentally. So uh, I went and drove the bus in the morning. Then I went to pastor's prayer. Then I came to church and I grabbed a couple things that I needed. And then I ran back home and then (laughs) came back to church like an hour or so later and then looked at my phone and Greg's like, "Uh, are we going to podcast today? Uh, So that's on me we'll get, uh, we'll get the guys back in here. So anyway, how are you guys today? Modern Christian dudes Soccer news boards of God. You guys need to like, share, and subscribe to the Modern Christian dudes on a regular basis. So here's what we're going to talk about today. We are unfortunately going to have to say goodbye to someone. Dustin Diamond Screech on Saved by the Bell dies at 44 years old. Let me read this for you. Uh, after the show, or excuse me, Dustin Diamond, who spent 13 seasons as the goofy nerd screech on the Saturday morning sitcom Saved by the Bell and its various... Uh, iterations before his life and career took a turn. For the worse, died Monday. He was 44. The cause of death was carcinoma. His rep, Roger Paul, told The Hollywood Reporter the actor was diagnosed with stage four cancer three weeks ago and was receiving treatments at a Florida hospital. Uh, At the time, it spread rapidly. Uh, It wasn't able to contain it. And that was what took his life. Let me give the bio real quick. When he was 11 and in fifth grade, Diamond beat out 5,000 other hopefuls in 1988 to land the role of Samuel Screech Powers on the Disney Channel comedy Good Morning Miss Bliss, the forerunner to Saved by the Bell. He then went on to be in all the Saved by Bell iterations in episodes following. So Screech, and the reason I bring that up is that I always identify, I I tell people, if you could pick out one TV show that identified your growing up, your child, you know, early childhood, preteen years, it was Saved by the Bell. That was my show. And uh, I was a Zach fan. I think Greg Walden or Greg Craywick said he was a Slater fan. Um, Screech was the nerd on the show. But anyway, how sad is that? 44 years old, dies of cancer. And man, I'm a 41-year-old dude. So that's always when you like you feel like you're still somewhat kind of young and you see uh, one of your favorite actors of a TV show dies at age 44. And it was kind of sad because he had, did have some struggles. He actually got, he, uh, was kind of the outcast of the crew after the shows were all over with. He got into like a porn thing that he did for a while and then he uh, was in jail for a while because he stabbed someone. So he just kind of, since the Save by the Bell stuff, he's had some troubled times. And then unfortunately, to hear that screech from Save by the Bell. Uh, has died. So I need to reach out to my good fin- friend, Philip Rivera, the suburban luchador, because uh, he's, he him and I are big say by the Bell guys. And I don't know if he has heard that or not. So we say farewell to Screech, uh, unfortunately. Man, we, it feels like losing people left and right um, this upcoming year. But man, what, uh, but when I, every time I hear say by the Bell, it brings back loads and loads of good memories because i thought that was like the best show of all time so rest in peace screech i hope you knew jesus and you were a modern christian dude i don't know that but god bless you well that was some big news when i saw that the other day i was like that's um earth earth shaking news for someone like me because it just harkens back to childhood and growing up all those kind of things all right the next uh order of news is I have really good news. So good news, bad news. You guys know that uh, I cover the fight game and also pro wrestling game when we talk about pro wrestling here in the Modern Christian Dudes podcast. And there was some, last week was the Royal Rumble. That was like one of the big wrestling shows of the year by WWE. I'm not gonna really talk about it or cover it because I was kind of sad because the last two years, I have watched the Royal Rumble or did I last year or was that WrestleMania, but I know I've watched the Royal Rumble with Kelly Stevens and not having Kelly Stevens with me to watch the Royal Rumble. I couldn't do it. So I had to watch um, the just some highlights edge won it. I don't know. Not that big a deal. Anyway, you guys know that I, I love sting. He's my all time favorite pro wrestler sting. Some of you that are listening, you know, sting and he started off as the colorful Surfer Sting and ended up as the Crow Black and White Sting towards the end of his time. And he's actually back doing some work in another organization called AEW All Elite Wrestling. But here's the good, good news for your boy, Pastor Jeremiah. Did you know that Sting is a Nebraskan? So I found, and I always talk to you, so my part, the other, is covering YouTube. I'm a big YouTube guy. Well, I found a YouTube channel called Wrestle With Andy, and a really good YouTube channel. So if you love hearing backstories of, now this would be specifically pro wrestlers, but he does the backstories of all these pro wrestlers. So whatever pro wrestler you can think of that you like, he has like a 20-minute video. They're all right at 20 minutes. Talks about where they were born and, you know, how they started and in the wrestling game and their career and their ups and their downs. And so it's really, really interesting. So there's different wrestlers that I've watched some of them so far because like, well, that's cool. I didn't know he was from there and that's how he got started. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Well, anyway, here's the good news. Are you ready for it? Just get on with it. Right, Jeremiah? Sting, my guy, my all time favorite wrestler Sting is from Omaha, Nebraska. How about that? That is amazing. Hand clap for (laughs) Sting. So I was watching his video the other day and then I was like, what? That's so awesome. Sting is a Nebraskan. He is uh, from Omaha, Nebraska. That's his home state. That's where he grew up at. And so, man, no wonder that I myself, because I am Nebraskan, I feel such a deep connection with the Stinger. So anyway, praise God for that. Praise God that Sting is a Nebraskan. He's from Nebraska. That's why he's so awesome. And every one of you that are listening that from Nebraska, you're amazing as well. You got to be born. You can't like live there. You got to be born in Nebraska. I was born literally in Nebraska. So there we go again. Check out the YouTube channel. That's the YouTube channel of the week. Wrestle with Andy and you know, you can learn about some of your favorite wrestlers, whoever they might be. Okay, let's talk Super Bowl now. What are you guys thinking here? We're approaching Super Bowl Sunday this Sunday. Kickoff at five. Uh, excuse me, six thirty. I think it was six thirty Eastern time. I think it's like five five thirty here. Five, yeah, five or five thirty here Central time, where I'm at. But uh, we have the Bucks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers home game, Super Bowl home game. First, the Kansas City Chiefs. Looks like many of the odds makers are currently going with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I am slightly leaning towards the Chiefs, number one, because I do live in Missouri. And this is this is Chiefs, the Chiefs Kingdom, they call it right now, I believe. Chiefs Kingdom, <laughs> Chiefs Country, if you will. Uh, but also, uh, they got that magic man, Patrick Mahomes. Here's the problem. Patrick Mahomes has to come against... Who many consider the goat, the greatest of all time, Tom Brady, and uh, so I think it's going to be a good game. You know, Super Bowls are always interesting because they can be really good. Sometimes they can be uh, a bummer. I, I do know this. I I do think it'll be a slow start. I think here here here's here's my big thing so far. Now, if I think number one, if Kansas City will not screw around and get a lead and build a lead and start off very explosive and can get points on the board. I think things look very favorable towards them, but if the chiefs do not get the lead early or establish a lead, then I say advantage Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cause here's what I believe. I believe Tom Brady is at a point in his career where he is fading towards the, the latter portion of games. And so here's what I'm saying. So basically if the chiefs are up 10 points, come third quarter, fourth quarter, I think they got it in the bag. If they, if the chiefs come to the third quarter for early fourth quarter, and they are down 10 points, I think Tom Tompa Tom has the ability to maintain the lead, keep the game in hand, get the trophy, become a champion once again. But if the, so chiefs, come on guys, you can't play this from behind style Just thinking you can flip the switch and you're just going to win the game. So that's what I'm saying. If they do that, the Chiefs will lose. Mark my words on this episode of Modern Christian Dudes. But if they get the lead, I don't think Tom Brady will have the ability to explode and win the game for the Tampa Bay. Buccaneers. So I still right now, as this moment, I'm giving slight edge towards the Kansas City Chiefs. I will give them, I don't have a score pick yet, but I will say, um, let's call it, let's call it, let's call it nine points, a nine point edge, meaning somewhere there's going to be like three field goals. They're going to get in there. So Anyway, what what say you guys? What do you think about what the score is gonna be? What's your hot take so far? Any insider information? What's it gonna be? Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Buccaneers, B- Buccaneers, or the Kansas City Chiefs? All right, moving on to another sports story. The other day, the Los Angeles Lakers, one of my favorite teams, not one of, my all-time favorite team and franchise, were playing the Atlanta Hawks. Now, what's interesting is some NBA teams, I think there's five or nine, don't have the information right in front of me, but there there are a handful of NBA teams that are now starting to let fans back into the building to the equivalent of, I think, 1,000 or 2,000 at most fans, so still very preliminary in allowing the fans back into the building, but there are some teams that are doing that. One of which was the Atlanta Hawks. And so, uh, towards the end of the game, LeBron James gets in a little bit of a scuffle with a fan. They're talking trash back and forth. And we still don't, don't really know this story. All we know is that, uh, supposedly LeBron James and this one guy on the sideline have beef and they're swearing at each other, whatever it might be. And then the wife, um, uh, friend of the male individual stands up and starts yelling at LeBron is holding up her camera, pulls down her mask. That's a big no-no in in today's public culture. And just, uh, they have to, anyway, they have to escort them and remove them from the building. So it was a big deal. So the big sports story the next day is, uh, you know, uh, should they have done that was LeBron. Did LeBron say something? Did they say something that was uh, uh, above and beyond, you know, just normal heckling? at a game, but just the whole concept I want to present to you guys or get your opinion on. What do you guys think of about fans back in the building? I think that's very, very interesting. I think there are going to be dynamics that we're going to have to now deal with that you would have never, ever, ever thought of beforehand. Number one, the masks, you know, so that laney, the part of the reason she got kicked out is not only was she heckling and yelling, which is acceptable, right? In a sports culture but she pulled down her mask and would was refusing to put back up the mask. That's an argument we're going to just lay to the side, but obviously that's just going to be a rule. We just know it's going to be a rule as if you want to go back to any type of live event in the near future. We just, I know it, they're, they're going to want to put that rule in place. So she was violating that rule. She was Kind of filming and those kind of things, but wow, we are going to be talking. I think this is one thing that we are going to be bringing up. We're seeing how they evaluate that in the very near future as fans are allowed back into these games because. It's going to have to happen at some point. And I think the players are going to have to adjust to actually having fans in the building again. Now, LeBron post-game interview and said he loves it. He thrives off that type of thing. And, and I think he does. I think that is true. But I think it will be a change for all parties, not just the players on the field or on the court, but also the fans that have to go. How, how are you going to? Hey, how am I supposed to eat my nachos at a game? enjoy it with my mask there. You know, like, you know, how am I going to enjoy my hot dog at the baseball game when I have to have my mask on? You know, just those are going to be very, very interesting dynamics as fans get back uh, in the building. And the only other note I was going to make on that was I have always thought uh, and give me your thoughts on this is that Uh, Chiefs. Oh, we have someone that says Chiefs will win. That's all I know. All right. Uh, One thing I've always thought is in the NBA or basketball, I have always thought that the fans are too close to the court anyway. Now, the reason they do that is because they want to make a lot of money and those courtside seats are very, very, very expensive. You got to be a rich guy to get one of those or work for a company that's very rich and then buys those and somehow gets those as a tax write-off. But anyway, I've always thought the fans are too close in the NBA, but it's a money thing. It's never going to get farther away Uh, anyway. You know, like NFL, things like that, fans are a little bit farther away. I prefer that. So I wonder, you know, it would just be live sports uh, as people step back into that. What is that gonna look like, feel like? What are the altercations gonna look like? Are we gonna have a bunch of issues? Anyway, what say you, let me know. All right, well, uh, a big thing, there there are all kinds of shifting dynamics in our culture today. One uh, thing that has happened in the last few weeks, specifically, it really happened in regard to Donald Trump and some conservative people that got deleted from Twitter. And, you know, Twitter is a crazy, crazy world. Interestingly enough, I really like Twitter overall, the concept of Twitter. I just don't, I have never used it that much because people in my sphere of influence just, I don't know, are not big Twitter people, but I do like Twitter. But the news of the day, as I was looking through some of the hot topics of today is that Elon Musk is taking a break from Twitter. So good old Elon taking a break from Twitter. He's kind of a little bit burnt out on that. And that's another thing that I think will be very interesting (laughs) <laughs> say in the next, I don't know, five, 10, 15, 20 years is the effect of social media on our culture and on people individually. So today I'm making right now, I'm on live, I'm on Grace Point Assembly of God, Facebook live, and I will put that on the modern Christian dudes and then I'll put it on our YouTube channel. And, but I, you know, I go through these periods of mental, uh, almost a dehydration, mental exhaustion when I'm trying to make videos and do podcasts and preach sermons. And there's just sometimes like, oh, I'm just like mentally burnt out. And so it'll be interesting. The psychological, physiological, mental effect that social media plays on us and, and uh, I don't know, years from now, Diarily, and who knows? I shouldn't say that kind of stuff, but Elon Musk, anyway, he's taking a break from Twitter, and I can't imagine dudes like that that are so popular that uh, are probably getting bombarded and the mentions that they get and all those kind of things. But Elon taking a break from Twitter. So if you need to, you know tweet at Elon, he, he's not going to see it, okay? Or if you need to send him a little DM or those kind of things via the Twitter taking a break. That's all right, Elon. You take a break. You focus on Tesla, okay? You focus on what you need to do. You don't need to focus on Twitter. Just just do what you need to do. There you go, sir. All right. Hey, you guys ready for some spiritual talk today? We're going to dive right into it today. Our spiritual talk connects with a sports-related item or theme. I've been reading through the book Mamba Mentality, Kobe Bryant. Love it. I'm a big Laker guy. Guy at our church. I I don't have that in the studio. That's going to be in the back of the studio here. A guy in my church made this little plaque for me with, like, I think real tickets or something to games or whatever. But uh, on the plaque, it has Shaquille O'Neal, Magic Johnson, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant, all Lakers. Really, really cool. I was super stoked about that. But anyway, reading through this book, Mamba Mentality by Kobe Bryant, and I was reading one of the things he was talking about injuries that he had throughout his career and how he had to navigate them and push through them uh, in spite of the injury. And one of which was like his like finger, he did something gnarly to his finger and it was never going to be able to repair, be repairable or fully repairable. And there was always going to be pain there and it was on his shooting hand. So it would have been on his right his right hand. And uh, it was, a, yeah, it was his pointer finger. It wasn't his middle finger, it was his pointy finger. And so anyway, they would have to every single game, every practice, every time he went out on, on the court, they would have to make like this little mini splint and tie up his finger just right. And then, you know, he would always feel anytime, uh, the ball pat dribbling, bouncing. He said there was continuous or, uh, just always pain in that finger. But he, he had to work through it. What's he going to do? Stop playing basketball. And so I'm, I'm thinking today of the, the idea of pain, suffering, our journey of faith, and how in spite of we have to keep pushing forward, we have to keep going. You know, we, we can't stop. We can't, you know, our faith journey doesn't end if it's really hard or we have a difficulty or we have an injury or we have pain we can't stop now i understand there's a value of rest uh, resting in the lord waiting on the lord you know th- those are concepts that are very healthy and good some of which which we probably don't do those enough but i was thinking about um what do we do in immense pain and suffering how do we navigate that you know kobe had this injury um you know what did he do obviously his was basketball related sports but Let's really get into that spiritual discussion, and we begin. I began to think of of Job. Job is probably the classic or the most mentioned Bible character who really went through it. He lost his family, his his uh, possessions, his you know his wealth. He was infused with sickness and disease, and you know he was left to deal with that. And then on top of that, he has people that are trying to get him to curse curse God and die and people doubting his faith and all these things and accusing him that, you know, obviously you were a bad person or you sinned or something. And that's why God's doing all this to you. So anyway, Job, we know then the entirety or the majority of the book is Job dealing with all this pain and this suffering. But, you know, as he walked through that, he not that he probably didn't doubt God or or have some difficulty Try to grasp what God was doing, but yet he stayed faithful to God and in the end, God would bless him and bring him back more than he had before and, and, uh, take care of him. So, you know, in, in regards to that today, what, what do we do as we navigate hurt, pain, difficulty, you know, physical, spiritual, um, what do we do? The first thing I would give you three thoughts, modern Christian dudes, or those of you that are listening, as my phone goes off over there. Oh, it's Greg Kralick. Hey, Greg. He's he's, he's mad right now that I'm recording the show. Uh, anyway, uh, number one is Job was faithful, okay? One thing about Job, so as we're going through difficulty, as we're going through pain, suffering in our spiritual journey, The one thing we can do is we can stay faithful to the Lord, faithful to serve him, faithful to, you know, pray, faithful, just faithful because what happens is some people in intense moments walk away or turn away, but Job stayed faithful. And if you read his book, I mean, you know that it was a struggle. You know that there were questions, you know, that he was like, "Uh, why God? But he still was faithful and he didn't denounce god he didn't turn his back on god he didn't turn his back on his faith he kept being faithful you know again i could compare this to the marriage relationship if you will one time i was reading an article by an individual that was talking about truths that he had learned after 25 years of being married and one he just said was just the uh, faithfulness to love the other person you know that Like, even if I didn't woke up today and I didn't feel like I was in love, you know, to my spouse, I was faithful, you know, and, (laughs) you know, I just had to keep loving and choosing to love and choose to be faithful over and over again. And there were, you know, different periods, highs and lows and all those kind of things. So I encourage you, modern Christian dudes, just be faithful. Just be faithful. Faithfulness is a character characteristic that God Loves and and the and the world values. I mean, if you're the company that you work for, the job that you have, it's amazing if you will be faithful um, to 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 show up and do what you need to do, like in the workplace. And it's amazing how you will reciprocate and get back blessing from that. And same thing with God. God values and honors and blesses. Faithfulness. So so keep doing that. Number two is that Job did not sin. So as as hard as it got, he still did not sin. L- um, let me put it to you this way. Uh, hopefully I'm not the only one. But when you've gone through pain, hurt, suffering, times of difficulty, you know, it you want to just go sin, you know, right? Or whatever. Um or, or respond the way the world might, you know, it's like, uh, oh man, I'm just going through such a hard time. I should just go drink my blues away. You know, um, Job did not sin. He could have, he had a right to, he could have said, well, I'm going to cause how dare God, but he, he did not. So guys, as hard as it gets, let's try not to sin. <laughs> let's not run to sin. Let's run to God. Amen. And number three is that God took away Job's pain and suffering and blessed him. You know, if uh, going back to this Kobe illustration, it's like if Kobe would have just gave up and said, you know, the it, it, it's too it's too much, I have to tape up this finger, the pain, the nuisance of dealing with this is it, it's just annoying. I'm not going to do it. I, I I I'm not and I'm just going to quit or etc. He would have missed out on the championships and the career experiences and all the things that he he got because he's willing to push through the pain. And that is a very biblical concept is that Jesus said in this life you will have many troubles. Take heart, I've overcome the world. Basically what we're doing as believers is we're pushing through, we're pressing on, we're persevering uh in this life because we know that there is a blessing coming in the form of eternity, and many other things, too. It's like that scripture in James. It says, consider pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, for you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so it's like, hey, persevere, there's a blessing on its way. So modern Christian dudes, you know, if you will keep persevering, if you will remain faithful, if you will, in spite of, in spite of, you know, don't sin. If you will just keep persevering in your faith, uh, I believe that God will take away and God will bring blessing into your life. So there you go, guys. Just a solo show. Jeremiah Johnson, Modern Christian Dudes. Talk to you guys next time.